And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Well, hello and welcome in. Fans of the Consumer Quarterback Show know that this does not sound like Brandon Rhymes today. In fact, you've got your backup quarterback again. This is James DeJerome. I'm going to be leaning on my teammates like I always do when I sit in for Brandon. Brandon is out doing business like he always is. I'm not sure exactly where he is today, but we're going to handle things like we always do on the Consumer Quarterback Show, providing you guys with some knowledge, some power to make you a better consumer. And to that end, I've got some great folks with me. As I said, the key to being a good backup quarterback, as everybody knows, is to lean on your teammates. i got Jose back there on the board, keeping us sounding real good. On the radio side, for all you listeners at AM1380, every day at 5 p.m., Rob is our tech from WeBeamT. TV, who makes sure our show is available on the World Wide Web for everyone out there who wants to check out the TV version of the Consumer Quarterback Show. And uh, most importantly, our partners here on the show that we've gathered together to provide you with that information that's going to make you a more empowered consumer and give you a little more juice in the marketplace. So joining us today, Scott Kepler from uh, Branch Manager Mortgage Loan Approval Group. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing good. Thanks. Now, Scott, being this has worked out great for you because you've got tons more knowledge in this field than I do. So just think of me as the average listener out there. We're going to try to get into some nuts and bolts for the first-timers out there, how they get into home ownership. Sounds great. Look forward to answering the questions. Luckily, we've got Ron Fuller with us today. Ron's got a background in real estate as well. How are you doing today, Ron? Uh, James, great to be with you, man. Long-time friend of the show. Ron's got yes, a bunch of knowledge for us in a bunch of different areas. And we were kicking it around before the show just talking about different things in real estate and home ownership. And that's what we're going to try to do today for you mm-hmm. on the Consumer Quarterback Show is provide you some information that gives you a, an opportunity to see how home ownership can really benefit fit you guys. And to that end, Scott, I just wanted to get into a little bit about uh, your background. You're not a typical mortgage lender. No, I'm not. I'm actually a mortgage broker. Uh, it's a little bit different uh, where I have access to several different lenders and banks that I work I with see. and private investors. Um, so it gives me about 50 different outlets um, to find the right mortgage program and shop the interest rate and Just Um, like we do here on the show, the more people you can touch and more knowledge you can gather, the better you'll be in in terms of making that information, giving you the info to make that decision. Um, Ron, background in real estate, you talk about homeownership, how it's empowering Mm -hmm. for folks. Uh, There's a lot of different ways to do it, and some folks don't think of all the possibilities. They're new to it. They don't really understand all the possible uh, aspects of it. You've seen a little bit behind the curtain there. You know, James, there's there's two things that are are really good programs for people, especially for young people. a lot of folks don't realize they can borrow from their 401k. Hmm. It's completely legitimate and tax-free through the IRS. The uh, The conditions are it's up to 50% of your 401k balance, okay. and you must pay it back with interest. So it'll actually be taken out of your pay, uh, but uh, it allows you to get into that home. And another thing we were kicking around in the studio is what I like to call the uh, mortgage wedding. Rather than having uh, a lot of drunk relatives for just a few <laughs> hours, you blow fifteen twenty k on a right. wedding, but you're living in an apartment. How about uh, fund go fund me so to speak sure. for our home, and we have a simple simple wedding. Uh, the relatives come by, but everybody really pitches in to uh, help you buy a home. It and- makes sense. Now that sounds practical. How are you going to get your wife on board? <laughs> <laughs> well. Yes, that's a good question. I know everyone thinks about that romantic wedding. Right. I would say to uh, to my wife is, hey, how about a renewal of vowels? Vowels? Vowels. <laughs> I'll buy two vowels. In, in a, no. Uh, 
but uh, let's let's go ahead and get moved out of this apartment. Yeah. Let's build some equity, and uh, we'll prove our love ten years down the road, and we'll have an amazing renewal. Absolutely makes sense, and yeah. that's the that's the thing about uh, home ownership. It certainly is the way to if you can if you can do it, you got to do it because it makes sense. And we're talking about building your wealth all the time, but we got to qualify for that loan. Let's talk about Scott. How 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 do we know out there what we can qualify for, and what's the process to get started for somebody who's renting right now and says, "Man, sure, I'd love to own a home, but I, I have no idea what I'm doing." Sure, uh, the process is really easy um, to get started. We just need to get some basic information, which we can typically take over the phone or right through our website at mortgageapprovalgroup.com. And uh, once we have that info, then we'll take a look at. Um, their income and their credit, how much debts they have going out versus what they have coming in, um, and you know where they're at as far as assets mm-hmm. go for down payment and things of that sort. Now, yeah. I think, somebody's <laughs> interrupt you one second. Most of us are familiar with the idea that income evaluation is, sure. is a critical piece to that. Uh, when you evaluate somebody's assets, there are things out there that you might own that you don't think of as uh, helping you in terms of qualifying for a mortgage. But what are some of the assets that folks have that don't? they may not even think of as, as positive on, their, on the spreadsheet? Well, a lot of times the biggest one is the retirement. You'd be surprised since it's payroll deducted in most cases. Right. People kind of forget about that. Or cash value life insurance you know, is, a, is another big one. They're paying for that life insurance year over year, and it has a cash value to it. In some cases, we can utilize that as well. To Ron's point about the 401k? Mm-hmm. Is that, a, that a, is it a well? Well, you know, yeah. One, one of the, so Scott's saying that, you know, my my mentioning of it was actually utilizing it for your down payment. Oh, I see. But what Scott's saying, which is great, is um, you don't real, you forget you have that asset. Mm-hmm. You've been working for a few years. You maybe have fifteen, twenty thousand dollars saved right. up in your IRA or, or your four hundred one k. Uh, perhaps you're not going to use it for your down payment, but that now becomes an asset for qualifying purposes. Understood. Okay. So so there are some things that you may have as a, as a potential homeowner that you're not aware of in terms right. of qualifying. And with the 401k, it actually can uh, go both ways and uh, become an asset for reserve purposes and allow you to pull that money out as a, as a loan um, to, to fund your down payment. Okay. And, and for couples getting involved, you evaluate both incomes or as a household? Assuming both people are on the, on the uh, application to purchase, then yes, we look at, you know, we look at both. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some cases, we'll you know, be asked to evaluate, is it better to do it in one person's name or another person's name? And I, I'm able to kind of break that down for them and, and give them you know, both options and the pros and cons of doing it that way. Now, one of the things we talked about before is the ability to qualify for a number and what's a practical number to qualify for. Because I think folks out there might hear uh, that they could qualify for a half million or a million, you know, and say, wow, that's you. But is that a practical, is that a smart thing to do to just to, to take as much as you can? Um, not in my opinion. Um, in my opinion, you're better off to look at your current budget. Mm-hmm. You know, how much are you spending in rent currently? And... How much can you afford to go above and beyond that? And a good idea is to look and see how much money you're putting away in savings every month. You know, and you've got some margins, some percentages that you feel like are a guideline. Yeah, I think twenty five percent of your um, of your overall gross income before taxes um, would be a good figure uh, to consider for your mortgage payment. Um, you know, the the guidelines will allow a lot higher than that. You know, so it, it it depends on a lot of different factors. And, right, you can't you know, forecast future income. In. You got to be you got to right. be honest with yourself about what you currently have, right. and can't assume that you're going to make more money in the future. I understand yeah. that, but I think that's the seductive part of homeownership. Boy, you start looking at homes and you're like, man, if we could just uh-huh. <laughs> just a but little more. It's an investment. You got to leave right. the emotions out of it, and it's really hard to do because 
you get really excited about picturing your family in sure. this house mm-hmm. and you're ready to make that move you know but you've got to you got to be smart about it because it, that's going to be your responsibility right. and you're signing up for you know 30 years assuming you keep the house that amount of time. Ron, you've seen that scenario play out a little bit where folks get excited about a huge house and maybe get into more house than they can? Yeah, with all my years uh, in the new home industry, I certainly did see that. And we'd always obviously bring them back down. I would pre-qualify people right at my desk just, just to let them know really where they are realistically. My my thing is, is that you do stretch to get that home. It's the most important right. financial thing you're going to have, not cars and credit cards. Uh, the most important thing you can do is is to make sure you get into that home. Absolutely. You know, I, we were talking before the show, my latest real estate purchase, three years, it went up $68,000. Wow. I, I was just figuring it, calculating it in my head. Very um, few opportunities out there business-wise. Well, we'll imagine this. You. you have to have a roof over your head. It's one of the essentials. Mm-hmm. So the roof over my head was, was giving me shelter. It also grew my asset base the tuna sixty eight thousand dollars in three years. Yeah, it's very like I said, there are very few opportunities out there for people that real estate provides. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and a home home ownership, obviously, it's something that that we really celebrate in this country. But it's a it's a wonderful thing. I mean, you're going to build your memories there. You're, you're going to have your family there. Uh, so so as you know, on this show, I'm always pushing for that. Right. And uh, if if you're smart about it. Uh, it is an incredible way to build wealth. And, and one of the other things that uh, Brandon and I always like to talk about is, you know, maybe look at a duplex. Uh, perhaps you, you rent out one mm-hmm. half and you've got an asset coming in, you've got a stream of income, and then you live in the other half. Boy, I tell you, from an investment standpoint, I, absolutely. Scott, I want to be talking about first-time stuff. I know we we're on the home, first-time homebuyers uh, tip here. Uh, when do you when do you feel like Ron that you've got enough experience to wade into the speculation business where you're going to maybe try to buy purchase a property just for income uh, a value you know income um, expansion you're well, going to make a little money off that. I know Scott Scott will weigh in on this but uh, certainly it's going to it's going to require a larger down payment than your primary residence so it's an investment property you're not going to get in at three and a half or even five mm-hmm. percent down it's the first thing to consider second thing I would consider uh, is is to expect it to not be rented, make sure you can make that payment at least three or four months right? and have a little reserve. And the idea is maybe you don't get a renter right in there. You can't you can't count on the fact that you're going to have somebody move right in. You also cannot count on the mm-hmm. fact, ooh, this, is what, this is what's hard for me as a landlord, uh, you can't count on the fact that they're going to pay your rent. Sure. You have to assume at some point you're going to have a bump steer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just need to be prepared for that as well. Unfortunately, I had a little experience in that uh, field as well. Huh. And the thing that you, I was painfully unaware of is how knowledgeable the renter is about the law. So once you uh-huh. say, hey, you know, you didn't make your payment and so on, they've got 90 mm-hmm. days and they know they've got 90 days. Mm-hmm. And so once they push that out, boy, now you're in the hole quite a bit. Yeah, James. And, and man, one other thing I want to bring up is be super careful about renting to relatives. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it sounds brutal. Uh, but yeah, you rent a family; it it, it con- conjures up a whole bunch of issues. Sure, I can imagine. All right, so a consumer quarterback show today. If you're just joining us, Ron Fuller is joining us here in studio, as long as Scott Kepler. We're talking about home ownership, how to get involved with home ownership, what you can do if you're out there renting. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to go over some other things about pre-approval and pre-qualification and some of the steps you need to take because this process can be lengthy. So, again, we're trying to give you some knowledge here on the show that maybe gives you a chance to get into your home a little sooner. And so hang around. Check us out. ConsumerQuarterback.com. We'll be right back.
Hey, I'm Ken Shamrock, and you're here with Consumer Quarterback Show. And I say, Brandon Ryan, knock out your competition. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rimes here, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, owner of Platinum MVP Team at Keller Williams Realty. We're hosting a buyer-seller seminar February 28th at Cox Media Group, 1025 The Bone Studio, 6 to 8 p.m. Buyer-seller seminar. It's a free event. Register on our website at ConsumerQB.com. Learn all that you need to know about real estate, credit, improvement, buying, selling, or investing at our buyer-seller seminar on February 28th, 6 to 8 p.m. Cox Media Group on 4th Street North in St. Petersburg. Check out ConsumerQB.com. Brandon Rimes here, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. We want to offer a rent versus own analysis to anyone renting. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to our consumer advocate hotline, 813-670-7372. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to 813-670-7372. We're going to hook you up with a rent versus own analysis and break it down how easy we can get you into home ownership with 100% financing options available. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. Welcome back. This is James DeJerome, your backup quarterback, sitting in for Brandon Rimes today. I've got uh, Scott Kepler from the Mortgage Loan Approval Group here, as well as Ron Fuller in studio. We've been talking a little bit about home ownership and what you can do to get into home ownership. What we want to do now is just get into some more specifics because out there, everyone says, sure, I'd love to buy a home. Who doesn't want to buy a home? Everyone wants to buy a home. What do you need to get into a home? And don't be intimidated by the paperwork and all the different documents because we've got folks here that have been through this process and want to give you some information to empower you a little bit. So we left off with Scott. We were talking about what mortgage options there are out there. So everyone thinks, well, I want to buy a house. I need a mortgage a mortgage, but there's types of mortgages, and there's a lot of degrees of difference in, inside those mortgages, and some might be right for you, and others maybe uh, not. Tell me a little bit about the differences, because I'm painfully unaware of a uh, difference between the different mortgages. Sure, uh, and there's a lot of different uh, types. You know, the standard uh, vanilla mortgage, uh, if you will, is is a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Right. Um, in most cases, um, unless you get into investment uh, loans, they're going to have no prepayment penalty, so you can pay it off as quickly as you'd like. Now, am I right um, in assuming that it used to be you can only do 3% down at, at one time? You can still do 3% okay. down on those loans, yes. Okay. So, um, and then there's some 3.5% down program, down down payment programs. There's you know several different options that are out there. So, obviously, I, you know the amount you put down affects the amount of the payments. Mm-hmm. Is there a strategy for a first-timer that says bigger bigger initial down payment, smaller payments, or any kind of thing like that that plays out over time? I think it really comes down to their budget um, and figuring out what, what do they want to spend each month and then try to figure out how much that equates to in a, in a purchase price, including their budget for down payment. And in some cases, I'll have 
uh, potential home buyers that decide, well, I want to wait because I do want to save up a little bit more right. money because I'm going to stay in this budget range, but I need to be able to go up and purchase. Price. It makes sense. You know, that's part of just like a car purchase or any kind of purchase you think of, uh, that down payment offsetting the amount of the payments. Mm-hmm. And then with a house, the terms, it stretches out a little bit over time. And so you want to make sure you're in the right space there. Well, Ron, have you seen any creative mortgage, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people out there doing things that are a little different on the payment side? Well, I tell you, one of the great ways to uh, at least look at the down payment is you've got to consider even in an apartment, you're going to have first and last, you're going to have a security deposit. You can move in with a relative. It'll do two things for you. One, it'll motivate you to get out of there, <laughs> uh, save money, right? and, you know, have have coffee parties in your backyard, you know, find ways to save money. But uh, you're not with three or three and a half percent down. You're not that far off from what you're going to need to get into a legitimate rental an apartment complex or, or a rental property. Mm. So you're really not that far off. Now, as far as creativity on the payment, uh, I would say that, you know, arms are probably not as attractive as they were during our higher interest rate times. And that was a way to lock yourself in. Yeah. So, and you determined that mm-hmm. and you pay a little bit on the uh, penalty on that, but it also keeps your payment right where you want it sure, to be. Sure, sure, James. So the idea, let's say you have a maybe a 3-1 arm. So maybe you have three years left on a big car payment. Well, the first three years, your, your mortgage is going to be lower, and then after the third year, it goes up. But you plan for that because you plan. You knew you were retiring some debt. Okay. So there's still some creative ways to do it. cool thing with Scott is because he's a broker, he's not a bank where he's locked into just specific loans for his company. He can go out and shop it. Right, and he can find people the best deal. So that's the key. We talk a lot about consumers and how how to empower them. Well, certainly, freedom of choice is going to be number one. You got to have some competition out there to help you pick the rest situation for you. Competition is good. You know, it's one thing that that you and I talked about before the show uh, in mortgages and, and in any in any industry. Uh, when you have somebody who becomes a monopoly, you're going to see quality go down. You're sure. going to see prices go up. Yeah, they don't have the incentive to do business with you. Right. So, Scott, getting back to the, the idea of qualifying for the mortgage, tell me the difference between being pre-approved for a mortgage and being pre-qualified for a mortgage. Sure. Uh, pre-qualified typically means that um, we've looked at one or two pieces of the of the puzzle, whether it be the you know the application with the credit and maybe an income documentation um, or a bank statement for the down payment. You know the, that would fall under pre-qualification, where we get a full package available and have an underwriter look at it that can make a decision the one who can sign saying yes this person's approved and they've taken that step but they've done it without the property mm-hmm. and gotten the underwriting uh, portion of it out of the way it shows a pre approval because they've already been approved they're just missing the address basically i see what you're saying and that's a lot stronger when it comes to the eyes of a seller who's trying to make a decision on three different offers. You've got two that are pre-qualified and one that's pre-approved that holds a lot of weight. Ron, can you think of anything that, that may influence the deal? If a homeowner's pre-approved, what specifics at a property, when you walk into the property, might they say, well, you pre-approved, but this is, a, this is something we need to consider. There's a unique aspect of this property that makes it different. Yes, that's an excellent question. And I would say there's, there's two big things there. One is their HOA fees. Okay. And the second is what their insurance rate's going to be based on how close they are to the coastline. So let's say for example Scott pre-qualifies the Smiths and he says y'all are good to go 250. Uh, he's based that on their income and he's looked at their debts. Right. Well, they're looking in a community perhaps that has say $140 a year HOA fee. It's not even worth considering. 
Suddenly, they find a $250,000 home, but it's in a gated community. And the community has a swimming pool and tennis courts. And the community mows your yard. Suddenly, you have HOA fees at $250 a month. That completely throws the game off. So that's a caution. I see. Now, those costs are not guaranteed either. They could change during the life of the loan. (laughs) There's two things you can be sure of. Taxes, death, and your HOA fee going up. (laughs) So... So there's something I hadn't considered. Again, uh, outside the realm of the immediately, uh, you know, first-time buyer, I'm, I'm, I didn't think of that. Uh, have you had a situation arise, Scott, where somebody actually was benefited by finding out later on that they they qualified for property and they didn't need? That, or, it always seems like it's going to work the way Ron spells it out, at least for me, <laughs> that I'm going to qualify, everything's good, and then uh oh, we, we missed something. There's an extra additional fee in here that I didn't anticipate. I suppose it could work both ways. It could, it could, and that's where going back to. Just because you can qualify for a half a million doesn't mean you should, because if that runs, yep. if, if you run into that as a home buyer, and and they find that house that has a two hundred fifty dollar a month HOA, and to them, you know, the benefits of paying that outweigh, you know, mm-hmm. the the extra cost. The chances are, if we haven't gone to their maximum amount right. that they can get pre-approved for, then they'll probably have the flexibility to. To make that decision. You can't make mm-hmm. it so tight that you don't have any play in right, it at all. Exactly. You, you know, another cautionary note is they need to have a chastity belt locked on their wallet when they're qualified. Because we're, we're talking furniture. There's things they're going to do. They're going to go to Rooms to Go. Sure. They're going to go to Ashley. They're going to want to furnish it. You don't, you don't open any new line of credit in right. any way, shape, or form. Buy a new car. Add to your credit card debt. You've got to lock down your 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 finances till you close. I see. So people, the temptation is, boy, we got a new house. Here yes. comes all the new toys and mm-hmm. all the gadgets and everything. What is a safe amount of time before you know before you begin to spend in terms of showing that you can meet this payment? Here's the scary thing: you, you go into Ashley Furniture and they say, "Oh, your first payment's not due for sixty days." Oh, or put off, yeah. or we'll put it off. No, 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 no. What you got to realize is the day of closing, that underwriter is going to repull your credit. It's a credit refresh. So there's no hiding, and you don't want inquiries. You want nothing. You absolutely wait till you've got the keys and you've walked into that home. You're closed. That's when it's safe. Before that, is absolutely not safe to do. Well, I know there's all these online companies now that do background checks. It's a little unrelated, but I'm sure there's companies mm-hmm. out there that claim to do credit checks and come up on you. Who knows whether they're reporting the correct information as well? Well, chances are, James, that uh, it's uh, it's TransUnion. There's there's actually Equifax. There's there's three major mm-hmm. depositories of, of credit checks which the underwriter is going to use. The underwriter is actually going to pull all three mm-hmm. in a mortgage, and they're going to do an average. And there can be some inaccurate information. The the key is that that's usually dealt with up front and early. But it's very tricky, especially to a new buyer, to say well. We can buy a furniture now, honey, because they said our first payment's not due for 60 days. What they don't realize is the moment that inquiry's pulled, that's put on their credit, and that debt shows if they buy $6,000 worth of furniture, it shows that immediately, I gotcha. and that can throw off their qualifying. So you got to tell a first-time buyer you know, all these different things to be out, looking out for out there, Scott. Yeah. And anything else occur to you where you've seen a deal get, get uh Pulled, uh, pushed aside because the home buyer made an innocent mistake or did something they didn't anticipate that would hurt their credit? Um, not necessarily hurt their credit. That's the big no-no. Right. Um, in some cases, uh, we ask them not to pay any credit cards off or be very mindful of the credit card So charges. activity, even if it's positive, can mm-hmm. have an impact. Yeah, because the same thing. They might go into that furniture store and go, he said, don't let anybody pull our credit, but that didn't mean we could use our credit card and max it out, mm-hmm. you know? 
And so we try to coach everybody on what we call the do's and don'ts during the loan process. The yeah. other big one that we run into is not credit-related, um, but people will take uh, deposits, what we call mattress money. You know, they'll have sure. that, that money saved up, or maybe they innocently took it from grandma and and put it into their bank account, which is in a lot of cases okay, sure. as long as we can show where that money came from. You just have to be mindful that it's going to be documented. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So if you're just joining us, Scott Kepler uh, and Ron Fuller in the studio with me today, we're trying to get you guys some knowledge about how to become a first-time home buyer. Everyone out there pays rent. They think, I'd love to buy a house. You think it may be intimidating or too daunting to get involved with it. Scott, Ron are here. They have a great experience in this field. We want to give you some knowledge. If you stay with us, we're hopeful that uh, maybe at the end of the show, you'll have the ability to go out there and see what you could qualify for and maybe get yourself into a home. So it's a Consumer Quarterback Show. Stay with us, ConsumerQB.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Forbes Riley, celebrity TV fitness host and creator of The Spin Gym. I'm here today with Brandon Rhymes, and you're listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show. Great ways to get happy, healthy, and wealthy. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. listening to the consumer quarterback brandon rhymes cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in tampa bay online at consumerqb.com all right welcome back this is the consumer quarterback show your host today is james de jerome your backup quarterback today brandon rhymes is out Luckily, we've got some great partners in the studio today to help us explain uh, home ownership and first-time buyers out there. I want to get your attention because we've got some information that may help you get into the home that you've been waiting to buy. So joining us in studio today, we have Ron Fuller. He's got a background in real estate, and he's helping us understand the mortgage space a little bit. And Scott Kepler, the branch manager from the, lo- the Mortgage Loan Approval Group here in studio. And we've been talking about uh, initial down payment and some of the programs out there for home first-time buyers. We're talking specifically now about the actual coming to the table and, and figuring out the terms of the deal. So Scott, what it says, how much do I need to bring to the table? Give me some ideas, that, uh, some of the factors that go into that certainly um down payment is is a big portion of it uh and then we have to factor in uh closing costs which are paid by you know every purchase that's out there really um because you've got expenses that go to the title company and recording fees that go to the you know, to the county and to the state, and you've got a survey and an appraisal. So that's something that's in every deal. It's, in it's every something deal. that you've got to do. It's filed paperwork that has to be filed, right. things that have to be dotted and crossed. Right. What's not in every deal are, are lender fees. And as a broker, that's one of our competitive advantages as well, is that we do not charge any lender f- fees for underwriting and processing, um, which saves most of our consumers uh, anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars of out-of-pocket money. If you're a consumer out there and you're getting involved in one of these deals, how would you know? What What are you looking for to see if you're being charged, and where would those charges occur? Sure. Um, in In most cases, at the point of making an official application, you'll get a loan estimate, mm-hmm. and the loan estimate will be broken down in the very. Uh, first section um, is where the lender fees typically are. The, the reason this comes up a lot is because there's there's folks out there advertising widely about no closing costs or let us pay your, your closing costs. Right. And I think there's a little bit of, of hidden uh, money somewhere in there because it, mm-hmm. it seems to me that 
very few folks out there are just giving up money. Sure. And if it's something that has to be filed countywide and, and done in every deal, how are they getting around that? Ron, you got any ideas for me on this? There's always going to be a little disclaimer. Uh, oftentimes, it's uh, where you're selling your home to the real estate company. They're, they're getting it in there somewhere. Uh, the way Scott's doing it is is actually the most honest way to do it. You so know? you just need to you have to look at that language in the contract specifically to find out exactly where those fees are rolled in. Yeah, you you nailed it on right on the square in the head. It's there's no free money out there. There's not a company that out of the goodness of their heart is not going to charge fees right. or they're going to eat fees that the other guys aren't going to. I always think of it as the car that's going to give you $1,000 back as soon as you buy the car. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, come on. It's in there. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. It's All in right. the deal. So, Scott, when you, when the, the folks are at the table and they want to talk about uh, how much they bring to the table, I, of course, to me, I immediately thought, well, I want to lower my payments. As much money as I can put down is better. That's not always the case. You kind of kind of think about what's best for you over the whole course of a home ownership, which could be 30 right. years. It could be. It depends on what the goal is. You know, a lot of first-time home buyers that I talk to, they're buying that first house as something they see themselves in five to seven years. Right. And so you really need to make a consideration of what's going to be the best for you financially over the next five to seven years, if that's your goal. Now, if your goal is to sell it at that point, you know, then you want to try to maximize your equity so that when you sell it, you have as much as you can sure. to put down on that next investment. But if it's to turn it into an investment property... You know, at that point, then we need to look at a longer term, mm. you know, outlook for, you know, what your what your particular goals are. I see a lot of folks uh, on TV advertising the ability to refinance, mm-hmm. they take the equity mm-hmm. out of your home and do things with it. And I, I have folks that want to put, you know, home improvements on things. They want to use that money that's kind of, it's there, but it's not there. You know, it's, it's right. there, but it's not real to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about using your equity. Ron, have you seen it? folks out there using the equity in the home? It always makes me nervous. I envision an ATM machine. With like a scary face at your front door. <laughs> and the scary face means, you know, don't cut into it. Please don't cut into it for a new Escalade right. or to a buy a boat or even pay your credit card debt off, although that's very tempting. Hmm. Your home equity, if you're going to do it, um, should go to an improvement that will dramatically increase the value of your home. So in this case, it would be a well-done kitchen remodel, right. a well-done bathroom remodel. I'm more of a believer in that because that that equity is actually getting put back into it. So now swimming pools, on the other hand, tend to not take the value of your home up as much as a person might think. Hmm. Uh, A remodeled kitchen, a remodeled bathroom, uh, new roof, these are things that that you're going to need to do, and they certainly do enhance the value of your home. Yeah, I can only imagine... Today's uh, technology is invading the home space so much so. It's not just solar panels, which, mm-hmm. again, are something you're going to evaluate in the future as a part of the asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, what's the le- lifetime left in the panels? What can we assume value-wise in terms of the rolling into the payments for utility? And then there's the smart technology and the ability for it to, to work. But you may have to service it. It may come with a, a, a an annual fee of some kind. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of small payments that could be involved in in the technology that's in some of these homes today. Have you seen anyone out there that got involved in a system that became larger than they expected it to? I just assume <laughs> that I watched kids turn on the refriger- the smart refrigerator and look to see if there's any items that they want to eat inside mm-hmm. on their phone. They're sitting in the living room. The refrigerator's <laughs> in the kitchen, but they're looking at the contents of the refrigerator on their phone. 
I, it's to me, it's a little creepy that your refrigerator's watching and listening <laughs> to everything you do. Yeah, it makes me wonder who's getting that information. I, I just see the day where someone in Scott's chair has to evaluate the home purchase and go through all these crazy nuances of technology to see how much is that working, what's the value of that, when was that system put in. It's it's interesting. Elon Musk, we all know who that is. Tesla, right? SpaceX. He says artificial intelligence and and some of the technology. Kind of, he, he's not a big fan of it. Out of could, his own words, he said it's a little scary. Well, if you've ever had a situation where you did something on a computer and then was told that you didn't do that yet, it's a very you're, you're in a position where you're like it's hard to dip, to prove that I did that if you're right. telling me I didn't do that. Right. So I could see that you know. What yeah, was the two thousand one cookies that they have these. Yeah, what was that uh, that movie with with uh, Tom Cruise where uh, before you actually committed the crime they arrest you? Right, right. Then there is that great movie with. Uh, uh, Jose tells me Minority Report. Oh, what about the one where it was uh, your body was stolen? Just your your body gets purchased by someone who's wealthy just before you die. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it was called a Free Jack. I've seen the theory. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, a crazy. T- I mean, <laughs> crazy. You never know what's coming out there. Well, I just that occurred to me just because of all the stuff that's going into the home now that pretty soon we're going to have to have a team of folks go in and evaluate just how smart your smart system is <laughs> and how how it's working and what it's done. So anyway, getting back to the home ownership thing, Scott, sorry to run down that uh, trail there, but in the mortgage process, I, as a first-time buyer, wasn't aware of how long, not that the mortgage took a long time, but we'd look at a home and we'd like it and we'd put an offer in and it would fall through and then that set us back. And so some folks, we... Six, 12 to 18 months of kind of looking at homes and having three or four deals at one time, it can be frustrating. Have you had the, the first-time buyer that just throws their hands up and, I can't, you know, what do I have to do to get a house? Um, that happens on occasion, but I think But if they're pre-qualified, right, that information is good regardless. Of, to, we just move on to the next deal. As long as, yeah, as long as their financial situation hasn't changed and they listen to the do's and don'ts right. as far as their credit's concerned and, and so on, then, yeah, they're still good to go. Um, I think in most cases, you know, the average time from, you know, the time you get a contract to close is about 30 days. Right. And so I always urge people, you know, you should probably start this process out six months in advance or so. Um, I think that's a good timeline and you'll have plenty of time. The other piece of advice I always give, especially first time home buyers, is don't try to end your lease on the 30th of the month (laughs) and move into your new house and close on the 30th of the month. It's just way too stressful. It's just not worth it. What I know is you talk about uh, the, the most difficult part of the mortgage process. Home ownership, you know, a lot of people think of the mortgage as home, mortgage is a small piece of selecting the home and, and putting right. together the inspection, the team of folks that are going to help you get this move done. We're talking about just in the mortgage, what do you think is the most difficult thing? Just in the mortgage mm-hmm. part? Um, being realistic with your budget. And once you get past that and you're honest mm-hmm. with yourself there and you – know that you can go into it it's going to be a lot less stressful because if you're pre-approved and you're pre-approved for your budget amount you already know what's going to cost you you know roughly how much money you're going to need out of pocket i'm a pretty good guess when it comes to how much the homeowner's insurance is and before you put an offer in you send me the address you know as a pre-approved client i'm going to plug in the a little bit more exact figures based on the property taxes and any hoas so that you have a well-informed decision that that you're making Absolutely. So really, the the myriad of factors out there that, that make the deal good or bad for each individual, the mortgage spa- the mortgage part of it is, is not as nearly as painful as, as some mm-hmm. folks may think out there. You know, one, one thing that comes to mind for me, James, is if, if you're a your first-time buyer, uh, be careful 
with with the age of the home and the condition of the home as well. Mm. Uh, it's a real great idea to buy a brand new home with a warranty. It's the latest energy codes. Everything's right. new. Everything has a warranty. You're not going to have those surprises. You find that cute home that's 120 years old downtown. Mm. It might be really gingerbready, but you could be really looking at a ton of money uh, in repairs and things that, that you can't always find even in a home inspection. Real tough to forecast once they peel back something and find yeah. what's inside. You know, you never know what they're yeah. going to find once they get in there. So right. I've been in that situation where a small repair turned into something that really started to sting a little bit. It, it can. And maybe we can talk about closing costs as well and, <coughs> and a way to uh, kind of help get the closing costs funded. One of the things that you can do now, it, oftentimes with a new home purchase, a lot of times that, that builder is going to kick in the closing costs. Mm. And, man, that can really help you. Uh, another thing that you can do if you're looking at a resale home, that's meaning one that, that's that's on the market and is owned by an individual. Uh, often you can negotiate closing costs into that as well. So, for example, perhaps you're, you're, you offer them a little higher than asking price, but you ask them to kick in a certain amount of closing costs. And Scott can talk about there's, there's a maximum seller contribution that's allowed. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes you can get that pulled into it. So, for example, you're, you're really scraping to get that down payment. Right. Well, a big part of your cost at closing is going to be, quote, closing costs. So if you can find a way through the seller to fund those up to the maximum seller contribution, that can save the day and make you a homeowner a lot quicker. Well, I never considered it. Scott, you've been familiar with that kind of a deal? Uh, we do it on probably about 80% of our first-time homebuyer. Okay. Let's uh, talk about that a little bit. we got a break coming sure. up. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that. we got a feel-good story for you. And, uh, again, we learned some things about homeownership and hopefully giving you the, uh, the, the power, the knowledge, and making you feel comfortable about approaching somebody about getting a mortgage and getting out of that rent and getting into homeownership. Uh, come right back. Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. Thanks for listening to my daddy's show. For more information, go to ConsumerQB.com. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. House or condo? House. Three bedrooms or four? Three. On the golf course or next to the lake? Both? Choosing the perfect house involves some tough choices. Where to find it? That choice is easy. Homesandland.com. There are thousands of listings from the area's top realtors. Search by bedrooms, by price, and choose just the features you want. And in Homes and Land magazine, you'll find full-color photos and detailed property descriptions. For a free copy, call 1-800-277-7800 or visit Homesandland.com. Brandon Rhymes here, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. We want to offer a rent versus own analysis. Analysis to anyone renting, text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to our Consumer Advocate Hotline, 813-670-7372. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to 813-670-7372. We're going to hook you up with a rent versus own analysis and break it down how easy we can get you into home ownership with 100% financing options available. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. 
Welcome back. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rimes. My name is James DeJerome. I'm your backup quarterback today, sitting in for Brandon. I've got Scott Kepler from the Mortgage Loan Approval Group and Ron Fuller in the studio with me. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about home ownership and some of the things that you can do to get into a home if you're someone out there who's renting. And uh, before we do that, I just want to mention fans of the Consumer Quarterback Show need to go over to Lucky Dill. Lucky Dill is a new restaurant partner we have here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. New York-style delicatessen located right here in the Bay Area, and it's something else over there. It's amazing. They've got more cakes and pies and sandwiches. The sandwich is so big, you're going to eat half for lunch and half for dinner. I'm telling you, the Lucky Dill, you got to go check them out. They've got all kinds of stuff. Nightlife as well. It, right here in Tampa, a great spot. Fans of the Consumer Quarterback Show, go over there, tell them you watch the show, and they'll hook you up. The Lucky Dill, it's New York-style delicatessen right here in Tampa. The Reuben's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that place, I'd love the sandwiches over there. Everything's delicious there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, so we were getting... Uh, First-time homeowners prepared for this purchase they're going to make. You know, they're they're trying to get their out of the renting situation and into homeownership. And one of the things that we talked about is pre-qualification versus pre-approval. And Ron had some uh, ideas for you out there that it's not as always as as just as straightforward as a straight loan. There's other options available. Right. Uh, we talked about the mortgage process, uh, the qualification. What is the most difficult part of the mortgage process? Um, it's just being disciplined in. Making sure you stay within your budget right. and you know not let your emotions really get involved, um, and look at it as a business decision. Um, it it makes it a lot more uh, comfortable and a lot less stressful if you can right. if you can kind of do that. And you know we always hope for the best. And as far as the loans go, once you're pre-approved, you're pre-approved, so you're good there. Just a matter of hoping for the best with your home inspection and right. your negotiation and finding the right house. Because you are the mortgage uh, provider, they, I see you being the counsel sometimes. They come to you and say, boy, I hope this approval. Uh-huh. We're only one step away, or here comes the next step kind of thing. You find yourself coaching them along, kind of keeping oh, them in absolutely. the process? Yeah, that's all part of what we do. I mean, that's is holding their hand from start to finish. You know, I've, I've been doing this for 18 years, and so um, something I have to constantly remind myself is that, you know, that, that – clients and and sometimes real estate agents don't do this every single day right and so i hold their hand and make sure i communicate with them each step of the way um that they know what's happened what's happening next and what to expect from here on out Yeah, it can be pretty stressful i'm sure ron you've seen some Mm -hmm. situations where folks were leveraged pretty far and need that deal to go through without a doubt when somebody's buying a home closing on a home moving selling they are completely stressed to the maximum i mean they they have every nerve shot uh and and it, it it tends to come back to the mortgage. A lot of times there'll be last minute things that are requested. I think uh, sellers are often, excuse me, buyers are often in the mindset that oh I'm pre-approved, I'm good, mm-hmm. and they relax. Well, no, right up till a couple days before closing. Unfortunately, there's still going to be documentation that's asked for, and they just have to be patient. They have to be vigilant. Yeah, I tell you, again, not necessarily the mortgage side of it, but just overall the, the process of acquiring that first home. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of details and things that pop up, and you can get your heart set on a particular property, mm-hmm. and you feel like it's done, and then that falls through, and it's crushing. You know, you feel yeah. like, oh, we had you started playing ahead a little bit. Yeah. So, like you said, it's a business decision, and you guys have said, not necessarily dispassionately, but you got to look at it that way, and that mm-hmm. it's, a, it's something, a business you're getting into, and it needs mm-hmm. to work for everybody as far as the numbers go. Yeah, and I'd say the key, too, is it's well worth worth it it's a lot of head strain you're going to be digging stuff up you're going to be going in your attic in my case i had to dig up a a closing i had in another state Hmm. and frankly i couldn't even remember 
which real estate company sold my home, I, I figured it out. Right. But you have to be prepared for it. But it is worth it. It's like a birth of a baby. It can be real painful, especially the last few months. Sure. But it is absolutely worth it. I can imagine, Scott, you've seen some pretty happy folks that didn't know they could qualify, and you got them qualified, and they finally got the home and the whole thing. It's like a little, uh, they're, they're happy with you, huh? <laughs> absolutely. Helping families is the best part, you yeah. know, is is when they, you know, send me a thank you card or, you know, tag me on uh, the picture of themselves out front of their new house, you know, on Facebook or something. Absolutely. Um, you know, that that uh, gives me the warm and fuzzies and you know, makes changing the, lives. Absolutely. That's what absolutely. we talk about here. Acquire, you know, building wealth and the ability to control your own situation financially. Uh, it's really empowering for folks out there. Uh, one of the things we do here on the show that we're going to do now is tell you a little something positive about uh, the world. You know, a lot of times in the news, you will just hear about fires and negativity and murders and shootings. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world that's not that. And to that end, we've got a story here about a church raising money to pay uh, the college debt for some kids. So here in uh, a church in Alexandria, Virginia, raised more than $100,000 to help dozens of college students pay off their outstanding debt. The Alfred Street Baptist Church held a, a month-long fast to raise money, which paid off the debt for 34 students before their May graduation. Reverend Dr. Howard John Wesley, the pastor of the church, asked his 8,000-member congregation to fast not only with their debts, I'm sorry, with their diets, but also with social media and finances. Uh, we said we could pray as a church to what the Lord was willing for us to do, and we would donate 100% of that money outside the church, Wesley told Good Morning America. Uh, the decision was reached that they were going to help college kids. The church made a video where they asked the students to uh, talk about their debt. And the entire congregation was moved to tears, Wesley said. Uh, some, of the, some of the responses, one of the students said her mom was going to scream. We were in the car uh, because we were almost homeless, she said. It was never one night. I never saw her stop praying. Like she kept praying and praying and praying. And like her courage, even though we were at the lowest point we, we were, she still believed in God. And she still believed there was something good that was going to happen. And that's what happened. We're going to get out of the situation. So, I mean, I want you to consider the idea that uh, doing something for somebody else not only has benefit for them, but for you as well. Uh, just think about, you know, we talk about doing a random act of kindness or, or doing something for others out there on the show. Man, it only takes one thing to make you feel better. You, you've improved someone's life. And if everyone started thinking that way, man, it would take a very short time to kind of turn this whole thing around. So uh, I just want to keep that in, fresh in your mind. You know, instead of thinking of the negative things out there in the news today, Think about somebody doing something good for someone. It's happening all around you and seeing if you can be part of that. So, uh, again, just like Brandon always says, con consider committing a random act of kindness. All right, guys. So back to the show as we talk about homeownership and the ability to change your life through homeownership mm -hmm. and uh, wealth expansion. I want to give you an opportunity just to make a point or two here before, uh, in closing. Uh, Ron, what, is, what do you think your takeaways from the show? What are some of the main points that folks out there should, should keep in mind? I would say that uh, homeownership is worth it. It's a journey. Uh, but it is absolutely worth it, and you get surround yourself with experts. Right. Uh, make sure you, you use a real estate professional. Get with the, your mortgage broker early. Get right. with Scott. Right. Uh, but it, it's a journey that is absolutely worth it. It is one of the number one ways to grow wealth, and uh, home ownership feels good, yep. really good as a family, as a single person. Whatever you have to do. To own that home, it is well worth it. Yeah, I, I agree that you know you don't think of rent. You think of rent of just this month, but man, you look back a few years of rent. Man, that's a mm -hmm. lot of money. Oh, absolutely. If you if, you, if you're paying a thousand dollars just for easy numbers, that's twelve grand a year. Two years, it's twenty four thousand dollars. So take my example, a home I just recently had three years. Right. Uh, my my mortgage is a little higher than that, but for easy numbers, let's say it was a thousand a month. That's thirty six thousand dollars that I spent. If I were renting 
three years later, that $36,000 is completely gone. It's I have no say in that. It's done. Right. But because I own that home, I turned around and sold it for $68,000. Profit. Yeah. So it's, 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 really, a difference. it's a no-brainer. Uh, Scott, some of the things that maybe, just to reiterate some of the main points you made, some things out there that folks could benefit from today's show? Certainly. Um, the biggest thing is figuring out what your budget is and, and talking with either myself or one of my team members about um, how that translates into uh, purchasing a home of your own so you can start building that wealth that that we've been talking about. And you have those guidelines in terms of percentages out there for folks. You know, the numbers change in terms of the details, but generally you've got some general percentages of what your payment should be in terms of your income. Um, sure. I, I mean, you want to try to keep the uh, the mortgage payment under 35% typically. Right. Uh, and then your overall debt, we like to see 45. Some cases we can go up to 50%. But you just want to be mindful of what you can afford with your particular lifestyle. And that's really where we come in is is we can get someone started with an easy online application. Right. And that will give us a, a real good snapshot of, of the information that we need. And then we can have an intelligent conversation about what their goals are and then try to translate those into um, the right loan right, program. Get a real, a realistic idea of where they are. Right. And then from that point, shopping and going forward, you know, looking at what what realistic deals you can get into. Yeah. Let's not put the cart before the horse and go pick out a house that might not be, <laughs> you know, the right budget for sure. you. I imagine, Ron, that happens on the speculation side. Folks looking at invest in property, mm-hmm. they're just as hungry to make profit as anyone right. else. Yeah. They may push the deal a little bit further than, mm-hmm. than they can. Yeah. And, you know, they, they often do. But getting a rental property is so great. That's a wonderful way to build wealth because that asset stays. That yeah. asset doesn't disappear like stocks and right, dot-com right. bubbles. But also, a quick down-and-dirty way to figure out how much you really qualify for is, this is quick and down-and-dirty, but figure two and a half times your income. So if you make $100,000 a year, $250,000, that's the right price range for you. Okay. Well, again, uh, great show today, guys. Uh, I'm so happy that Brandon let me sit in here and take this opportunity to, to, to share this time with you. And I hope that we provide some information in terms of home ownership that gives you some confidence that you can go out there and stop paying rent and get into a home yourself. Uh, we've got Scott Kepler. Scott, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you? Um, either through mortgageapprovalgroup.com or uh, call in my office at 813-444-8537. Okay, thanks, Scott. Again, Ron Fuller here. Thank you, guys. Consumer Quarterback Show. We'll see you next time. ConsumerQB.com. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show, weekday afternoons at 5 on AM 1380. The Biz.